This is In the Know for Tuesday, December 15th, the 350th day of 2020. There are 16 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 103.9 The Moose, live online at K105.com, via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast, on Facebook Watch, on YouTube Live, on Periscope, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Vaccinations start to get rolled out around the country and administered yesterday. We'll tell you about that. Some Kentuckians, some of the first to get vaccinated. The Electoral College was in action yesterday. And we'll also, uh, we're going to talk butterball turkey uh, today as well because butterball is still part of the Christmas season. We'll have that coming up, that and a whole lot more today here on In the Know. Beach is on assignment today. So uh, we reach out and bring in the... Uh, the uh, tall, skinny lefty. <laughs> he is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio News Uncle Award, two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Russia, and Dog Creek. Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. Tall, skinny lefty. I mean, is there a... I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not wrong. It's better than being that. I mean, Jared Lorenzen was the hefty lefty. That's so. a cre- that's a good. I mean, the Pillsbury Throwboy. You know, I mean, you got yeah. you got so many. He had great nicknames. Got all your packages so. shipped or ready to ship uh, uh, for Christmas? Are you shipping any packages? No, I'm having packages shipped to me. Okay. That uh, hopefully they will be here. Today is the deadline for using both the United States Postal Service and UPS Retail Ground Services, which is the cheapest delivery prices if you want to get your gifts to their destinations by Christmas. The first class mails deadline is December the 18th. So on mail, you have a little more time, but if it's parcels and packages, then you just, then you best be getting on it. So get on it. Okay, Sam? Good to know. All right. She's the pride of Pumpkin Center, the heiress to the great mini burger fortune. She's Vera Wang's arch nemesis and the professional bargain hunters woman of the year. She's Misty Embry Thomas. Hey. hey. Misty. I'm very well. How are you? You're doing well. Have you all had a porch pirate problem in your neighborhood yet this not, season? No, not yet. Is it because you just have great neighbors that you don't have to worry about porch pirates? Well, I think we have so many security cameras literally everywhere in the neighborhood. They're, they're well aware. The doorbell will get you mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Ontario Canada woman fed up with package thieves said she left a box of poop on her front porch, and it was stolen within 40 minutes. <laughs> I love this move. What's the, what's the best way yep. to get rid of porch pirates? Yep. They won't, that, say, that porch pirate won't come back to this house anymore. She said that she'd had several packages disappear from her front, front porch during the past three years, so she decided to uh, set out a bait package filled with cat poop. Mm, so this was, uh, this was out of the litter box. Yep. She says... Um, that she put the box out there, was stolen within 40 minutes of being set outside. She captured the theft on video, and a neighbor identified the culprit as the same person who had recently swiped a package from their porch. You know what I think I will do is uh, when you open the box, you're just going to find the note that says, I'm COVID positive, and I licked mm-hmm. the inside and outside of this box. Mm-hmm. You got COVID. Yeah. Yep. You got my cooties well, but so, COVID but the, don't die. But the porch pirates, they're going to get vaccinated, too, so we have to come up with some other clever way. Well, it's going to be a while. Where are they in the tier of 
of essential I think employees. They, I think they're non-essential. Non-essential. I think yeah. if you, yeah. I'd need to take a closer look at it, but I yeah. feel like they would get the, the non-essential. Well, we want to keep today. the cops busy, though. <laughs> but, but if, you, if you get rid of all of the porch pirates and thieves, that's true. I mean, I've, they've got to have something to do. I have a story later on in the show about what police officers can do when they don't have to chase criminals. Okay, good. Um, so at least there's a possibility. I know they're waiting. Clouds, <laughs> yes, they're waiting. Clouds will be increasing throughout the day today. Watch for rain tonight. Uh, temperatures will rise into the upper 30s and lower 40s today. Rain pushes in from the south late tonight and into early morning tomorrow. As I reminded you yesterday, if you rely upon Louisville Television to get your meteorology and, you know, you, you okay, you're going to hear them talking about snow. Just ignore it. And as I will remind you again, leave the bread alone. Ma'am, step away from the bread. Mm-hmm. Step back. Don't grab it because we don't need it here in the Twin Lakes. Now. This is going to be one of the biggest snowstorms in a long time, but it's going to go north of Louisville. It's going to go through southern Indiana, and it's going to dump maybe two feet of snow on Pennsylvania. So it's it's a big weather system, but we're getting rain. They can keep it. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. they can keep it. They think that it might be um, 6 to 12 inches of snow along that I-95 corridor from Philadelphia on up to Boston. But at the amount of time that it's going to be over Pennsylvania, it may... It may dump a bunch of uh, dump a bunch of snow. Increasing clouds today, high of forty two. Rain tonight, sixty uh, percent chance, a low of thirty four. And then rain chance for tomorrow, especially earlier, eighty percent chance and a high of forty one. The electoral college made their bid official yesterday for Joe Biden. Heightened security was in place in some states as electors met to cast. Paper ballots with masks, social distancing, and other precautions, the order of the day. The results will now be sent to Washington and tallied in a January 6th joint session of Congress, over which Vice President Mike Pence will preside. That will be the last, that will most likely be, I think it will be, we're being told it will be the last potential hurrah for the Trump campaign. Mm You know, Mike Pence would have to do something extremely out of the ordinary to not accept those results. Uh, And knowing Vice President Pence, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I've observed him for quite some time. Uh, I can't see him doing anything that he feels would be detrimental to the United States of America in that process. So regardless of what his running mate says, I think that Mike Pence is just going to accept it and and go on. Uh, California's 55 electoral votes put Biden over the top. Vermont, with three votes, was the first to report. Hawaii was the last to report. You know why? They get up six hours later than everybody else. <laughs> that's, that's why they were. That's why they were late to report. Kentucky's eight presidential electors cast their votes for President Donald Trump yesterday, formalizing his overwhelming victory in the bluegrass state. The president won the state. I guess I had lost this uh, percentage. President Trump won the state with roughly 62% of the vote in November. 62% says that there were a lot of defectors in the presidential race in Kentucky from red to blue. Because if you if you look at, say, Congressman Comer's district, mm-hmm. or you look at the first congressional district, I saw some polling data in in the last couple of years that said President Trump had a 90% approval rating in Jamie Comer's congressional district. 
Nine out of ten people going from Fulton County all the way along the southern border and then turning up toward Tompkinsville and then coming up toward uh, Somerset and those areas. Nine out of ten. All right, so you would think the second congressional district not going to be that high, but is going to be similar. You think that the uh, sixth would be similar over in eastern Kentucky, but sixty-two percent. Oh, so barely six out of ten voters voted for President Trump, which shows you a lot of people were unhappy with him and his rhetoric and his. I mean, he clearly still had a lot of supporters, but not to the level of what you would have expected two years prior. I think, though, like if you look at Jamie Comer's district, though, it's not as populated as the district that has sure. Jefferson County, and, and that's going to be a very heavy Democrat. And right on the, the you know, the pandemic and then the Breonna Taylor case flipped a lot of those votes that would have probably gone Republican. They went Democrat this year. So I'm going to say that is what tipped the scale there from that, what we see, a 90% Republican Donald Trump support in, in the Fulton County area. Right. And, and in they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be a, uh, they're, from a population standpoint, they're supposed to be somewhat similar, mm-hmm. but they're not. But it shows you, though, in that rural portion of Western Kentucky and away from the populous centers, mm-hmm. he's very, very popular and remains so to this day. But there are some there's some social and political conservatives even in Fayette and Jefferson County in northern Kentucky that said, Yeah, I like the way the economy is and yeah, I like your stance on defense, but man, we just can't put up with your mouth. Yeah. That's I, what I, I think so as well. I think that we had uh, probably three major reasons people flipped their vote. Uh Hunter Biden, mark my words, Hunter Biden will be an ongoing um chess piece. Yeah, chess piece, I guess, is the is a good way to put it. But he's going to be a source of stress for the Biden administration for quite some time. Yeah, he's, yeah the media is going to pick it up. Uh, not him. only did we not only did we want to know more about Ukraine, but now we want to know more about China, and we want to know more about your tax returns, and we want to know more about four hundred thousand dollars that you said. Oh yeah, I forgot to report that. Oops. I need to amend that return because there's some money that I forgot to yeah. tell you about, and then just the timeline. The 2014 timeline when he gets seated with Burisma at the very time that his father, the vice president, is, is running point mm-hmm. on negoti- you know, on relations between the Obama administration and Ukraine. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Maybe he's the Billy Carter of, 20, <laughs> of, 2020, of 2020 or the Roger Clinton. Yeah, of, there's uh, you there's know, one in I, every family. I, I, I guess. Two in mine. No, this is why I'm not running for president. <laughs> it was nice to see some Louisville health care workers being the first Kentuckians mm-hmm. to receive the COVID-19 vaccine yesterday. Some interviews with some of them. Uh, Dr. Valerie Briones Pryor, who had worked at the uh, the COVID-19 unit at UofL Health since March says uh, she was one of the first to receive the vaccine yesterday morning. Said she recently lost her 27th patient to the virus. Wow. Um, Governor Bashir was there at the loading dock yesterday when um, the the truck backed in the delivery truck. You know they were mm-hmm. they were heralding the UPS driver that backed it in here. Can we get a word with you? And he's like, I, I'm just. I mean, I'm delivering a package. Like any other package, but these were much more important to Americans. But I think as he pulled up, you know how the UPS trucks, they pull up and then they have have to honk Mm -hmm. and then they start to back up and the beep, beep, beep. And I think, you know, Andy Bashir was like running across the, pick me, 
pick me, pick, pick me. No, it's, I think I made that part up. You sure? Maybe. <laughs> One thousand. Speaking of the governor, 1,802 new coronavirus cases were reported yesterday. That brings the state's total to 224,890. 17 coronavirus-related deaths over the previous 24 hours. Brings us to 2,224. Positivity rate up slightly. For the first time in falling for 11 days, uh, ticked up ever so slightly. A uh, half a percentage point. 8.52 to 8.58. Hospitalizations remained at 1,712. The governor's administration also kind of giving some amended um, guidelines to schools. Uh, the governor announced the new public health guidance for all of Kentucky schools. He said there would be no change in the way the incidence rate will be calculated for each county. However, recommendations and requirements for each color-coded zone from the Kentucky Department for Public Health are changing in uh, multiple ways, which you can read about online. But the biggest takeaway, I want you to be aware today, that the Kentucky Department for Public Health recommends returning to in-person learning no sooner than January 11th. I don't know if what they say wins. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you that as of today, the Kentucky Department for Public Health says you should not go back to in-person school before January 11th. And I'm presuming that that date is to get through the Christmas wave. Probably. I would too. presume that that's seems what like it's... it's probably about that right. Mm -hmm. What about two and a half weeks after Christmas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if, if if you maintain that what we're seeing now is as a result of decisions made at Thanksgiving, or what we have been seeing the last few days, then that math bears itself out. Thirty-two new COVID cases in Grayson County. And one new death reported as of yesterday. There are 133 active COVID cases in Grayson County, according to the health department. Uh, Director Josh Embry also reminded, and Misty, I heard you reminding this morning as well, that uh, testing is available uh, all this week, mm -hmm. free of charge to anyone, but you must have an appointment. Yes. And is there a limit of one per, per person, I presume? Yes. Like you, you, can't, you can't test on Monday and then test again on Friday. Yeah, you can't, like, lick a handrail tomorrow after you tested today and then go back in and say, oh, I fell into, mm -hmm. I, it's into something and I need another test. Yeah. That, that is at the health department. doesn't work. It is way. at the health department. 270-259-3141 to make your appointment. Don't show up there without an appointment. Call ahead well, and get particulars. And what, what you need to know is don't make an appointment for you and show up with your whole family and expect the whole carload to get tested. Everybody has to have an appointment in the car. Does that make sense? You have to have an appointment. You, you have, have to, to have an appointment. Everybody needs their own appointment. All God's children got to have an appointment. Got to have an appointment. Two escaped Tennessee prison inmates have been found in Florida. Two inmates who escaped a Northwest Tennessee prison were found in uh, found on Sunday in Florida. Law enforcement officers arrested arrested Robert Brown and Christopher Osteen in Pompano Beach, Florida, more than two days after they escaped the Northwest Correctional Complex in Lake County, Tennessee. We told you they were in Fulton County, and they, what did they, kidnap a Kentucky Transportation Cabinet mm -hmm. worker? On the boat mm -hmm. ramp or something Yeah, like on that. the boat ramp that was there, and so then they took off and headed south. I don't blame them. Listen, if you're going to run, don't run to Wisconsin. I mean. It's cold there. Con made it all the way to, was it Pizza Hut or KFC <laughs> Honduras? in Honduras, right? It was Honduras. Yeah. Uh, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. It was Pizza Hut. Yeah, it, it was one of those combos. It's yeah. one on one half and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a There's a. 
what's that? Taco Bell, KFC, Pizza Hut, and mm. Long John Silver's. Thank you, Yum. And A and W. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Eastern Kentucky University will pay for course books starting next fall. The uh, president of EKU, David McFadden, in a video message to the campus community said that EKU Booksmart offers required class textbooks and course materials for EKU undergrad students enrolled at all of the campuses and online. Said they will have them delivered directly to you or ready for pickup in the campus bookstore for free. The the, uh, senior vice president for student access says, because of this program, no EKU student will have to drop an undergrad class because they realize they can't do the work without the book they couldn't afford to buy. So, I I mean, I think this is a nice selling point. Mm -hmm. Uh, He even said, come to EKU and the books are on us. So it's a good recruiting tool. It is. But practically, I would like for us to consider that will NKU and WKU and the directionals and will they all will they follow suit? And when that happens, the school still has has to buy the books. The funds have to come from somewhere. So, do we see then these costs just getting buried in tuition? which then causes an inflation of tuition rates because you're no longer, you know, parsing them out and buying them yourself, but we're buying them and perhaps we're buying them at a uh, a contracted rate that lacks free enterprise. And so do book prices get inflated again and do we really need printed books anymore? Well, I would say one of two things. They're not handing you a printed book. They're handing you a download for your device, or if you are getting a book, it is a rented book through Chegg or something where they aren't spending a tremendous amount of money as a recruiting tool. And they've got dollars in the budget to to use as a marketing that they've just rearranged. So I doubt it's a book that's brand new that you're going to keep. It's going to be a beat-up, used book that you're going to have to give back that's rented. But it'll get you where you're going. But yeah. it, it is your roadmap. It, yeah. I mean, textbooks are stupid expensive. Especially yes. those undergrad books. Well, yeah, and then you get you get the professor who decides that he wanted to write his own textbook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to charge you 300 bucks to, to buy your my textbook that I wrote. The good news is Amazon has leveled out some of the price of that because I always bought used books. People are, are oh, yeah. always constantly selling. I bought several books from Goodwill where people would donate the Goodwill and Goodwill would, would sell them. But the problem is you get a class where a professor wants you to have two and three books. Oh, yeah. Yes. And they're $100, $150 yes. each. Because their class is special. Yeah. You need three three books for their class. Uh, a man shouted, I, I think it's a good move for EKU. Gives them a little bit of a competitive advantage. Just look for others to follow suit. They won't be, you know, they can say, all right, how do we do this same thing? And I agree with you, Misty. They'll, they, what they'll do is they'll spend less money in their recruitment where they might have been buying media placement or whatever. They'll say, well, yeah, we can back this out a little bit because Mm -hmm. we've gone in on the free books. And so we'll change our messaging and Mm -hmm. it's all really kind of the same dollars. But when you're all in number, look for your all in number to just artificially and gradually increase because they say, well, hey, books are included in that. That's like when you see a, a, a house or an apartment for rent and the utilities are included. Chances are by the time you add all those things together, there's maybe a little premium put in on mm-hmm. top of that because mm-hmm. of whatever. It might I'll tell be. you where they get you are those meal cards that we didn't learn mm-hmm. or we learned the hard way. If you don't use that up, you can't carry that over. It's just lost money. Yeah. So I had a kid that had a $350 balance that had to go to the convenience store and buy candy bars and sodas 
three hundred fifty dollars oh, yeah. worth just to be able to get her money back off the card. I bet she was popular for a couple of days with her friends. She was junky when she got home. <laughs> Here's a Snickers. You get a Snickers. You get, you get a right. Snickers. Yeah, it was very frustrating to learn <laughs> the hard way. Uh, what else to tell you about? Oh, this story of a guy uh, shouting uh, anti-Semitic remarks at a menorah lighting ceremony in on Sunday in Lexington was uh, concerning and aggravating. Um, you can read more about that online. Um, Kyra Elsey is now officially the women's basketball coach at the University of Kentucky. Oh, okay. She was the interim. Uh, you know, Matthew Mitchell suddenly yeah. Yeah. retired, and they had to fill fill from within. And they're off to such a great start that Mitch Barnhart yeah. took the interim title off of her yesterday and said, you're our coach. So congratulations to her. She's an Oldham County uh, High School product and play yeah. for Pat Summit. So. So all I'm interested in is, is she going to dance? Oh, uh, yes. We got to get to a break. We'll come back. We're going to do a butterball turkey talk line expert coming right up here on In the Know. I want to build a snowman. Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. Today is Cat Herders Day, not to be confused with uh, Youth Soccer Coaches Day. It's very, it's very much yeah, Misty's parenting manual. Very much the same thing: Youth Soccer Coach and Cat Herders Day. Exactly the same. It's Bill of Rights Day today, and it's also National Cupcake Day today. Sounds pretty good. Uh, but any day for me is Butterball Turkey Day, and Sue Smith is a Butterball Turkey Talk Line expert. She joins us by phone this morning. Good morning, Sue. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I, In my mind, sometimes I think that after Thanksgiving, and you all have the Butterball Turkey Talk Line HQ, I often wonder if you spend your days playing Candy Crush or Solitaire. <laughs> but you all, you all stay busy, don't you? We do. We're still busy talking turkey and texting and emailing. So many people still are preparing turkeys after Thanksgiving, you know, the weekend or two after, and then now they're gearing up uh, for Christmas. So of course. we're actually still really busy taking all these calls. I was thinking also that uh, I've sort of observed as time has moved forward that more and more people maybe are opting not to eat pork for whatever reason. We kind of associate hams and Christmas. And so it maybe sends a lot of people back the uh, back the poultry way and enjoying that delicious butterball turkey. Do you see tastes changing as we go through the years? Well, yeah, we do see a lot of, um, you know, more turkeys coming, I think, around the Christmas time as well. Of course, traditionally it's Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And then, but even now for Christmas and while we're not open in the spring, I know a lot of personally, my friends are starting to do turkeys for Easter too. So it really is a great, you know, meat to have year round and not just at Thanksgiving. Well, and 2020 has presented a really unique opportunity as well because so many varieties of uh, butterball turkey available. You don't have to go the 25-pound bird. The roasts have been available, and they're they're easy in the oven. They're easy in the grill. So a lot of choices for people that, you know, adds to the convenience and also reduces stress because you don't have to worry so much. Yeah, exactly. We have, you know, more of the convenience turkeys, which are bought frozen, and you prepare them from frozen so you don't have to worry about thawing them out. And they do. They come in you know, a whole plate of turkey, but also different size bone-in breast and boneless breast. And those have been really popular this year. And if you just want to do a breast itself because you don't want a big turkey or you want to supplement and get more white meat with your turkey, 
than just our regular boneless breasts um, or bone and breasts have been really popular too. So, and that's the beauty of Butterball. Like you said, we're, we come with 50 experts behind each turkey to take away any of that stress of preparing the turkey. So this year is, it's a been a crazy year and we just want everybody to enjoy a nice meal, celebrate the good. You touched on exactly my strategy on Thanksgiving is we went, I, I went smaller whole turkey in the fryer. Uh, we went yeah. 16 pounds instead of, I would have normally done a 23 or 24, but then I did a boneless breast and did it on the grill. And, and so to get more white meat and to make it easier, it was easier for me to slice. Uh, and so it really created uh, a various, uh, various options that was best for us. And I even noticed, Sue, that, um, it's so easy that some of the oven roasts that you have come in a bag that have a handle on the top that indicate yes. this is so easy and convenient. You just carry it wherever you need to go. All right, exactly. It's just like a bag. <laughs> yes, it was very, uh, it was very convenient. I also even I'm gonna I'm gonna give a pro tip for butterball lovers. I even from the deli sometimes get butterball pastrami, which is particularly good. Yeah. Yep. All the slice. Yes, you can't go wrong. <laughs> okay. So for those people who want a a full turkey on their Christmas table, how many? Uh, how should we select the turkey? What's our strategy on selecting the proper turkey for our gathering? Well, we do recommend when you're looking to go pick one out about two pounds per person. We did surveys before, you know, past fall to see what people really wanted, and they still wanted the same size turkey they normally prepare because they want those leftovers. So that's two pounds per person. Um, if you buy it frozen, you're going to keep it in your freezer right now, but it takes one day for every four pounds of turkey to completely defrost. So make sure you plan ahead. Um, this weekend, you're going to want to start thawing it because Christmas is a week from Friday, and it takes a while for that turkey to completely defrost. It's our number one question every year. And I know a lot of people, they also, they forget. And so you do have some miracle cures on if you forget to uh, pull it out of the freezer at the proper time. But still, the best move is to uh, get it out, put it in the refrigerator so it can thaw gradually over time, correct? You got it, exactly. But, yep, you can also quickly thaw in cold water. And we'd be happy to walk anyone through that. So there's there's always hope, even if it's Christmas Eve day and you have a frozen turkey. <laughs> sure. Uh, now, uh, various ways. I know you mentioned text. Uh, there's the uh, smart skills that are available, the website, the YouTube videos, which we've been showing while we've uh, been having a conversation. You, you all have a solution for most any method that someone wants to contact you. We really do. We, you know, test it all every year. All of the experts here go through that training all the how-to videos at Butterball.com are great because they're short two- to three-minute videos. It's really great because you can just visually see. And they're our most common questions. So how do you thaw it? How do you roast it? How do you carve? Um, we have how to fry on there now. And so we really try to cover any questions that you might have. And then whatever the easiest way is to reach us. So, of course, the heart of the talk line is give us a call here and you talk to someone, but you can text us. You can ask that Alexa, like you were mentioning, and just simply ask Alexa to ask Butterball, how do I roast my turkey? <laughs> it's uh, it's an extremely easy process for you to seek help, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 1-800-BUTTERBALL is the number. Sue, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and have a very merry Butterball Christmas. 
thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, <laughs> Thank too. you. That's uh, Sue Smith from the Butterball Turkey Talk Line expert. Sam, I've been watching the videos, and now I'm hungry. Looks <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. good. Don't sleep on the Butterball pastrami, by the way. I was, I'm a little bit surprised that I revealed that in public, but it's... Uh, I like pastrami. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's an underrated meat. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's... it's uh, Yes, <laughs> better than the potted meat. It probably is a step up from the pot. I'm going to need the meat-rated um, Excel spreadsheet, though. <laughs> okay. okay. If you have one, okay. and where the turkey pastrami Roast beef's up, up to the top, sure. pastrami. Do love. I, corned beef. Yes, I persuaded Sam the other day to go get a roast beef sandwich. Just I did, yes. Suggestive marketing. It yes, works. Yes, you did. It's amazing what marketing And what did he for. say? Uh, he Well, we were talking, Tanya and I, Princess Tanya and I were talking about roast beef sandwiches. All of a sudden, Sam left, came back in the door with a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> I was like, oh, how about that? Pavlov's dog. <laughs> yes. Ring that bell. Here he comes. Absolutely. We all do that. Uh, the pandemic is boosting business for Christmas tree farms. The pandemic is pushing many people to start new outdoor traditions like cutting down a real Christmas tree together. Dad, did you bring a saw? <laughs> Uh, Christmas tree farmers across the country have reportedly seen a spike in sales. The association that represents those farmers said that approximately 25 to 30 million real Christmas trees have been sold in the United States. What was that number? 25 to 30 million real trees. I would have thought everyone was going towards the fake route. Yeah. Wow. You know, they want to get out and do something. So they wanted to get out and, you know, pick out their own tree. And so it's all right. Uh, I don't. I don't want to do that. Misty, are you stressed out for Christmas yet? No. Mm-mm. Will you become more stressed before Christmas or are you going to, you think you're going to stay on an even keel? I think at this, 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 it's just at this age, you just kind of go. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. And it will be what it's going to be. I may be dressed. I may not when you get there. Here are some ways to cut down on stress and enjoy yourself more. According to an expert, Robin Bentley says, tap into your happy childhood. Well, you would have to have had a happy childhood first (laughs) as a prerequisite or borrow someone else's. Yeah. I'm going to need a charm necklace to tap into that. Go through your childhood photos, a time when you were really excited about the holidays. Put some on display for all to see. Oh, I've got one in mind. It's perfect. Watch the clutter. Obstacles in your home can create obstacles in your life, so don't create them with your decorations. If you have to step over it, duck under it, or squeeze by, it's going to add more stress to your holiday. A good cleaning and decluttering before you decorate is a good idea. Mm. Chuck the negative stuff. Everything inside your home has a memory or meaning attached to it. If that memory isn't positive, then why keep it? Get rid of all the negatives and surround yourself with positives. Get rid of anger. The more stressed we are, the easier it is to become angry. But it's impossible to be angry when your muscles are relaxed. So if the holidays are starting to get to you, take an adult timeout. I didn't know these were a thing. And go limp like a rag doll by relaxing your body without tensing one single muscle. These these have always been a thing, but we've called them naps. <laughs> quit, quit, quit wording us around to make it make us think you've discovered something new for us as adults. Misty, have you ever once in your life been completely relaxed? You know, my massage therapist says, "Relax." I'm like, "I am relaxed." Uh-huh. No, relax. I am relaxed. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I don't think that you've ever just I've gone completely like 
That's hard for some people oh, to do. Yeah, there. Yes, I've been put under anesthesia. Oh, okay, okay. twice. So it, was, it was involuntary. <laughs> well, I mean, I volunteered for the <laughs> anesthesia, but yeah, they had to put me out. But the relaxation. Now, though, this was is involuntary. a true story. Under anesthesia, I talked to my surgeon and told him to hurry up. He was hurting me, <laughs> and they had already given me the max amount of what they could give me. It wasn't full anesthesia. It was a different. Yeah. Type. Yeah. So even under anesthesia. You really weren't relaxed. I really was still. Uh-uh. And he still said I kept in, trying to get my hand out of the, um, you know, they cuff you down yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Handcuffs? No, it's um, They tie you down. Velcro, yeah. yeah. I can't believe I can get my hand out of the Velcro. I can scratch my nose. And lastly, get a good night's dark. Melatonin is the hormone that controls our mood and sleep, and it is produced at night in the dark. Light makes the body think it's daytime. You mm-hmm. will be in a more positive mindset if you sleep in the dark. That means no light, no TV, no street light coming in through the bedroom window. So some of you will have to sneak next door and unplug your neighbor's nativity scene. <laughs> <laughs> or buy them a timer. Yes. You could buy them a timer yep, for Christmas could. and say, you here's could. a timer for yep. your uh, for it's dark at 4 scene. o'clock. You should be over this by 8. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you should be ready yes. to turn that off at 8 o'clock. That's right. I keep monkeying with the timer. Yeah. What, what time should these really be going off? Oh. Keep trying to figure that out. Popeye's launching new chocolate beignets nationwide. I told mm. you about these a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. but now they are nationwide no, and available just in time for... Uh, those are good. They are good. I've had them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. For Christmas, you did have them. They did. And, and I had them. Uh, they were good. This is as long as the pizza shows up. I don't guess it matters who bring it brings it. A police officer in California literally went the extra mile to help his community. Uh, community. He took a pizza delivery driver into custody who had a warrant for his arrest. Had to arrest the driver. Mm. But didn't want the pizza person who had ordered the pizza to be disappointed. Sure. So he finished the delivery. Showed up at the guy's house and handed off his pizza and said, uh, "Sorry, we had to uh, we had had to arrest your pizza delivery driver, but we didn't want you to go hungry. So here you go. (laughs) That's awesome. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on in the know. You know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was almost named Reginald. I kind of like Reginald, though. I think that's a cool name. Would we have, so would Gene Autry have done Reggie the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I was going to say, he doesn't have the same, but then again, it's just we're used to Rudolph. So Rudolph, though, by being Reggie the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I don't like Reggie. I like Reginald. No, Reginald is one too many syllables. So that's my question is, would the inspiration have ever been there to shorten it? Because Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has that staccato to it Mm -hmm. that lent itself to that phrase and Mm -hmm. then into the melody. So if it had been Reginald the Red-Nosed Reindeer, we would have probably never gotten that exact melody because he wouldn't have changed it to Reggie, but we'd change it to Reggie to try and match what we know as Rudolph. Right. Ma- makes sense? But I don't like Reggie. No, nor, nor, I mean, I like Reggie Jackson. Sure. And I like the name just fine, but I don't, I don't, I'm glad, I'm glad it's Rudolph. Yeah. And not Rudy. Well, I mean. I mean, I love Rudy the movie, but not. I was going to say it's a good movie. It's a great movie. His wife calls him Rudy. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're not his wife, so. Not, not too bad. Uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, of course. 
is uh, jingling back to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. It used to be Bing Crosby was the one that cashed in at Christmas time, and now it's. Uh, is that all she got left? Captain she Crazy. She's living on that. Does she do anything else? I know she did a reality show at one point, and it was yeah. it was so trashy. I was like, she didn't still, she just come out with a new album like not not too long she? ago? I th- still think she's trying to recover from that debacle on. Uh, New television Year's Eve. At, yeah, New oh, Year's that's Eve, right. Years ago. I forgot about that. The Office is coming to the Peacock streaming service <laughs> on New Year's Day. So all all the Office you can imagine. Have they released a price on that? I think Peacock's free. I think it's I think oh, it's really? commercialized. Oh, yeah. I think it's got commercial content in it. I think I think Peacock is a uh, subscription free. Well, that's good because the Office is one of the main reasons I still have Netflix. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Uh, by the way. Uh, watching the Queen's Gambit. Yep, good. Um, you would have never convinced me before I set uh, sail mm-hmm. that uh, it has a setting in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's interesting. Right? So, I'm, I, without giving you any spoilers, uh, you know, in the in the opening scenes, there's a, a geographical reference to Kentucky and it's New Circle Road. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, they have one of those in Lexington. And next thing I know, then again, without spoiling anything, they cut to a car that has the outline of Kentucky on the side of it. And I thought, so this is, mm-hmm. it's Henry Clay High School. And so anyway, I i think I've seen four episodes mm-hmm. now. It's, it was an old KSP tr- uh, trooper car, wasn't yeah. it? Police car? Probably. I don't know if it's an actual one, but it was cool. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to say what it's cool. used for because that'll be. That, you're, yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're finally get into the the nitty gritty of it. Yes, uh, I get the opening scene. You know, the opening scene comes out, and then there's then there's an immediate flashback to childhood, mm-hmm. and so. But yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see it's set up now. Where am I going to not like it now? No, it gets better. Okay, it's really it does. good. It's good. Yeah, it's I thought really it was good. good to this I've point. I've watched the first episode. I've seen, so. yeah, I watched the entire series. It was Beth good. Harmon, Elizabeth Harmon, is that her name? So I, I haven't looked right. it up on Wikipedia yet. Is she a real person? I think you this is a, I think this is a true is story. A, I, I think it is a true story. Too. Good. I'm going to going to look into that. Yeah. Uh, Sam, you and I talked about it briefly yesterday an update on the top name options to replace the Cleveland Indians moniker. Um, I agree uh, I say I agreed. But I decided I was fine with spiders. Yes. Because I thought that the greatest number of people who would be mad about giving up the Indians' name could get on board and say, well, they were the spiders before they were. Cleveland had the spiders' team before they had the Indians' team. So if you just want to be, like, real historical about it, you can say, well, I mean, really, this is more historical than the other. And people, it gives them an out to go, oh, well, okay, I'll do that. To what we want yeah. Okay. Uh, the Naps, the Cleveland Naps. Love a good nap. That's kind of fun. But at Nap LaJoy spent the heart of his legendary career with uh, Cleveland's American League team. So oh, I was thinking. Yeah. But then I the mean, f- my sport is what, I'm trying to think, what what's your logo? Of an, of an, like unless the they just keep the block. Sleep, or the sleepy sheeps. dwarf. Yeah, the sheep's jumping. A sheep? Is it, yeah, yeah, is yeah, it yeah, a sheep? Yeah, yeah, it should be a sheep. Oh, I mean, do a deal with Disney and do sleepy dwarf on there. You could just do like the naps. Uh, the Cleveland Fellers. So because Bob of Feller. Bob Feller, but Feller, Fellows, but then, hey, that's kind of gender specific. We got to be more woke than that. Yep. Don't we? The Cleveland Rockers. Cleveland yeah, I like Rocks. that. Uh, I like, I like that one. Rockers. I, like I don't know lot. if I would like to see a rock and roll influence in their uniform, though. I don't. There's just something about it. I mean, that you seems... got the Utah Jazz. 
So, I mean, you do have it's a... Well, we need hot sacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. The Cleveland Crows. The Cleveland Blue Sox. Now, I could also Too many go, socks out there already. Well, but we're lacking a blue. We have the Red Sox and we have the White Sox. So right. if you want to go completely all in on patriotism, you could you could do the Blue Sox. Yeah. So the Red Sox, White Sox, Blue yeah, Sox. No. This is not creative no. enough for me. The Cleveland Cuyahogas, the Cuyahoga River comes into Cleveland. The Cleveland Great Lakers, the Cleveland Unions, the Cleveland Cinders, the Cleveland Castles, the Cleveland Hazards, the Cleveland Burning River. The Cleveland Buckeyes, no, thank you. Yeah, that's the one I've heard a lot. A lot of people wanting to, but that's in the in that state, the Buckeyes is Ohio State. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. It's just you can't. It's been taken. So, Sam, are they coming for the Braves next? I uh, I don't know. If coming for is the right decision. It wouldn't surprise me if the Braves kind of take a step back. Maybe. What about, what about the Chiefs? I don't think that. I don't know. I don't no. know. The Chiefs have debated this several times in the NFL that they maintain that the Chiefs is not about is not a Native American reference. But I said, but you play at Arrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. That's in the shape of an arrowhead. Right. So, so. And your logo is an arrowhead. Yes. Nice try, but I'm not sure I can follow you on that. <laughs> and then uh, pronunciations uh, have been manna from heaven the last couple of weeks. You know, last week we had Micro Wave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Loving Micro Wave. But then Smokey Robinson has gone viral in the last 24 hours because <laughs> Happy Chanuka. He didn't know. You know, some people say instead of Hanukkah, they say Chanuka. Okay. Either is appropriate. But he has gone viral in his videos wishing <laughs> Chanuka. Chanuka. Yeah. I'd like to like to wish a happy Chanuka to all of my my Jewish friends. I'm like, oh, okay. Apparently, he doesn't really have any. I need that in a <laughs> right. I need that in a mixtape with Mikroave yes. Chanuka, and then throw in a kafifi for good measure, yes. and it'll be solid. Got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder. Which holiday tradition is an absolute must for you each year? So what what do you have to do at Christmas? And if you don't, it wouldn't be Christmas. You're asking me? I'm asking you, yeah. Yep. So we make plates with the kids. I get them white plates and I give them Sharpies and they all sit down and they decorate their plate and then we bake it in the oven. We put their cookies they've made with Aunt Amy and then they take it home for Santa every year. And then the plates come back to my house and I display them every Christmas. Okay. So uh, this is all your kids and your nieces and nephews. And so even after they age out, you've still got a group of kids that want to do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So... Incidentally, that's got to be a lot of plates by now. I do have a yeah. lot of plates. Yeah, I have. I have, and I buy to where like I'm going to end up with like a twelve place setting. Where are you going to store them now that you sold your curio cabinets? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jason's game room. <laughs> He's so uh, excited. Right. The gun hutch. <laughs> Sam, you got one. Uh, growing up, we'd always. My dad would take my brother and I to the in downtown Cincinnati. There was always a train display that they would Ooh. put up. So it was like. Trains that would go around a Christmas theme thing, and it was oh, our thing fun. every year for Christmas growing up that we'd go there. And I know my little brother loved Thomas the Tank, and there yeah, was yeah, always yeah. Thomas was always in there, so that was always the like the race to see who could find Thomas in the in the. I mean, and this train display was massive, yeah. so on who could find Thomas first. All right, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I have uh, the uh, 
Beach has the A Christmas Story Department 56 Village, and it's now complete. And now when I see it, I think, we need a train in there somewhere. <laughs> what size? A couple train? of different reasons, because my granddad loved model trains. Mm-hmm. Two, that scene um, in A Christmas Story, when they go to Higby's and look in the window, and the train's going back and forth all the way through the setting, yep. and I think, I need a train in our Christmas decorations somewhere. So There you go. I think... Well, I think of, um, for me, a couple that I thought of one, it'd be hard for me to imagine not being at Christmas breakfast or lunch at my mom and dad's table on Christmas day. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, a lot of the other variables have changed, Mm -hmm. but going back as long as I can remember in my lifetime, which will soon be 50 years, that's the one constant. And But the other more recent constant, although it's been longer, is watching a Christmas story on loop for that 24 hours to just block out anything else that might be going on. Yeah, ours is Christmas vacation, just on loop. So the kids go to bed, Jason and I watch it, and wait until Santa comes, and then we lock the door again because we don't have a chimney. Yeah. So. By the way, we do all get a little bit annoying over that period of time because we're reciting the lines mm. and so unless you're all in on a christmas story you probably mm. don't want to be around us don't, don't invite me over you know. Not a finger. so just things like that that yeah. we, we speak to one another in a christmas story dialogue mm-hmm. yep. so I, I it's not it, it's like cal says about playing at kentucky it's not for everyone yeah. <laughs> i understand yeah. that on tv tonight on cbs play on Celebrating the power of music to make change. The live finale part two on The Voice on NBC. So those are your options tonight on tele, Television. Microwave. Chanuka. <laughs> Fragile. Fragile. Today's highlight in history. This date in 2013, Nelson Mandela was laid to rest in his childhood hometown. In 1791, the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments of the U.S. Constitution, went into effect following ratification by Virginia. Not for nothing, but isn't that a bigger highlight than Nelson Mandela dying? Like, the Bill of Rights to the U.S. Constitution being ratified? I think it depends where you live. Okay, well, my highlight in history happened in 1791. I mean, do you feel like they put them in order of most important, or are they just randomly darting them on the sheet? Yeah, I'm not sure what they do. I think they're just jotting them down. Uh, In 1791, oh, wait a minute. We did that one already, 1791. In 1890, Sioux Indian Chief Sitting Bull and 11 other tribe members were killed in Grand River, South Dakota during a confrontation with uh, Indian police. Birthdays today. Another day of weak celebrity birthdays. The biggest one today, Don Johnson, the actor, is 71 today. Sonny Crockett. Wow. Turned 71. Country singer Doug Phelps from the Kentucky Headhunters is 60 today. And Maude Apatow, who is the daughter of Judd Apatow, or Apatow and uh, uh, Leslie Mann, she's one of the little kids in This Is 40. The little blonde-headed girls. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's 23 today. The elder wow. of those sisters is 23. Gone but not forgotten, Gustav Eiffel is was born in 1832. The tower dude. Eiffel Tower. And Tim Conway, born this date in 1933. Dorf. 
Let's go to Chart Toppers for today. 1959. The Ernie Fields Orchestra, number one. Kind of sexy. It is kind of sexy. It feels a little more like summer sax though than winter sax. True, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. The I uh, was not familiar with the work of the Ernie Fields Orchestra, but mm-hmm. they are apparently in the mood. Somebody brought the remix. <laughs> not bad. Heard it through the grapevine. Marvin Gaye was number one, sixty-eight. Remember when the California Raisins brought this song back for all of us kids? I was getting ready to ask, do you think your mother has any of those California Raisins in her storage bin? Absolutely. I would love to see. You would be able to knock me over with a feather if my mother does not have California Raisin collection. Yeah, I'd love to see that. You might have to you might have to lift her Beanie Baby collection off the top that's of it. Okay, I'll go that's true. That I don't think yeah. mom I don't think mom collect Beanie Babies, she but I'll didn't. bet she's got California raisins. Yeah. Oh. And the ask me. Ask me. Did you my love for Bee Gees? Oh, I'm gonna ask you if you watched the documentary yet? No. It was on again last night. Number uh, 1977, the Bee Gees. Ready for me to blow your mind? Okay. I'm going to give you a little spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, but it's a factoid that you will love to know. Okay. So the song To Love Somebody, uh-huh. one of their first major hits, uh-huh. was written for Otis Redding, but Otis Redding died before he could record it. <gasps> so if you think there's a light, a certain kind of light, a yeah. light that never shined on yes, me. Yes. So imagine that in Otis Redding's voice. And that's the only way it could have gotten better. That's right. You're See, I love Otis Redding as much as I love On the dock of the bay. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're welcome for sharing that with you. And oh, now, man. see, that's what that documentary is full of, is great little you're morsels so of information robbed. like that. So robbed of a great so you opportunity. Can, you can find out. Uh, the Hip to Be Square, mm-hmm. Hugh Lewis in the News in 86, Digging on UTLC in 95, Gavin DeGraw's I Don't Want to Be in 95, and Royals by Lord in 2013. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. To hit the mark, aim above the mark. To hit the mark, aim above the mark. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Misty Thomas, for Sam Gormley, I'm MB, and now you're in the know. Power